0: What's up Media family, Vladimir Prognivsky here and welcome to episode number 39 of the Ukraine Media podcast. Where I serve server, you can meet family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Now, today's guest is Jeffrey Cristiano. probably butchered his name. Jeff is a social media sensation and a talented motion graphics artist who is well known for his epic beard and stylish pictures. That's right. He has gained more than 30,000 followers on his Instagram account. He has been featured in many online publications, including Elite Daily, BuzzFeed, and Maxim. Wow, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, let me know if I missed anything from the intro.
1: Uh thank you. Uh that was an awesome intro. Uh my YouTube is growing too. I'm I'm getting about 5,000 a month right now and that's pretty fun cuz that's what I care about a lot lately. But uh that particular thing it, like the others has not much to do with motion graphics as it does creative. So, but that's my whole thing. So, I don't like to feel uh funneled into a corner or put into Right, a corner. right,
0: right. Yeah. No, and you know, it's funny because like most of the time I struggle finding pictures for guests, <laughs> but not for you. <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out which one to use. <laughs> I'm like, man, sure. I don't know. Is, should, I, should I keep Jeff with his shirt on? Or
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's way too many pictures of me on the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, so yeah, the struggle is real. Now I'm like, well, now I'm overwhelmed. There's so many pictures to choose from. Like, I don't know which yep. one to go with. It,
1: but man, yeah. this interview has
0: been a long time coming. We've been uh, trying to Connect together for a long time, but I'm glad I finally have you on the line. This is great. I'm excited to yeah, talk I'm to you. Yeah, I'm super
1: excited. So excited. Yeah, you're ju- yes.
0: you you had quite a journey, man. So, but let's start from the very beginning, man. How did you get started in motion graphics?
1: Um. All right. So I guess it started by I was making videos with my friends just all the time, like you know, just stupid little movies to make our friends laugh, like you know, fart jokes and <laughs> stuff like that, and. <laughs> eventually we wanted to make like a cooler movie or a funnier, like bigger idea. Uh, then we came across some logistical problems and something like we we needed to fix in video or we wanted to do it, but we had no budget. We're just, you know, it was, I think it was 94 or something. I don't know, not 94, 2004. So I found the solution in After Effects and I was like, this is fascinating. This, this got me super excited and I'll get back to what it was specifically, I got excited about. But that was where I started working in After Effects. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. And in particular, what was so interesting for me is this was the time period of when cameras, every home camera shot 30 frames a second. And to get that film look, you had to pay a lot or get a really nice expensive to get shoot 24. And I was like, this thing, this post-production thing that I'm looking at, this After Effects, this is the magic that makes everything big. It makes it larger than life. This is what separates our stupid movies to something that I'm actually proud of. And everywhere I looked, it was always the post-production that gave things a polish that I've never could achieve anywhere else. So I just dived in and it was perfect for me who is kind of like, like spending a lot of time on the computer. It was creative and it was like a more logical and, and artistic. So is this perfectly suitable tool for me? So I, after that I ran with it and there's uh, I can keep going. There's a little more to the story to how I ended up in New oh, York. Keep
0: going. We got that. Okay,
1: cool. <clears throat> so I went with this and it was good. It was really fun, but I was working on Cape Cod and just doing whatever. I was like a home theater installer and, so on. And then one year I just like realized I hated my job. So I was like, oh, what else could I do? And I don't know how it happened. I think it, oh, it was a girlfriend of mine uh, was like, she had some award, like Emmy awards for After Effects stuff and all this stuff. And that she inspired me like crazy. And I was like, oh, you can actually do something with this. This is really fascinating. So I kind of hit it hard and I took on like three jobs to save a sh- like a whole bunch of money so that when an opportunity arose, I could hop onto it. So I just worked and worked and every break I had, I just read every book on compositing, after effects, art, design, everything I could do at every given moment. There was no stopping. Like <clears throat> it was just always, always obsessive. And I just kept going. And then <clears throat> one of my friends in New York, he uh, he found an internship here and I was like, yep. And I quit everything. Couple a month later, I was in New York, living off of all of my savings, making no money, and just like cranking away, trying to get into the After Effects thing. This was uh, when I was about thirty-two. I'm thirty-eight now, Uh, so I just like oh, maybe I was thirty-two. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so I got here and I just kind of slowly worked my way up. I'm completely self-taught. I didn't go to school for this. I, I went to school for other things. So. It was just a matter of hard work and a good work ethic. And, you know, honestly, before all of that, I still consider my biggest strength as just being a good, good dude. You know what I mean? And that's like if I were to have one thing that I could hopefully inspire a lot of people who are trying to get into After Effects and all that stuff and post production in general and make it even in a difficult city like New York or whatever. Like just being a good person is probably the number one skill set you could <laughs> actually have. Like everything else is is secondary, I think. Uh, totally so, that. so I I just really run with that and that's what I drive everything I do here with. That's like my reader's digest version of the story.
0: Awesome. Now you mentioned something about post production, you know, how you're you yeah. so fascinated with post production. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because post production is everything, I think, to me, because post production for example, like early days, I was a cameraman, and my twin brother Sergey, who who's a, who creates tutorials for our channel, he mm. uh, he always made me look great because he's a great editor. You know, you're always at the mercy mm. of the editor. A good editor can really make you make make you look really, really, really good. And same thing with like you know podcasting. Where you know when I started with a podcast, I had like a an eighteen dollar microphone, and and now I have like a three hundred something dollar microphone. And you know what the difference? between that mic and this mic is minute, man. And it's yeah. all about post-production. So I was kind of like bummed when I bought this microphone. I was like, man, I was content with the other mic because it, you know, it's just like, it's really all about post-production. If you have good software and you know the skills. Anyway, so that gave, after this podcast, you know, it gave me a totally different perspective on post-production. Like, you know, it, it, all the magic happens in post-production. Now, if you, you know, I guess it's forgiving if you forgot to do something and, you know, production recording this night and post-production can really do some beautiful things. Now, another thing you mentioned is self-taught. Now, that's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of talented people that I interview, they're all self-taught. Now, what is your take on education? If you had to do it all over again, would you go to college?
1: Uh, I don't think I I would go to college. I think that I I enjoy this journey. I'm still self-taught. Every single day after work, I'm studying. Last night, I got out of work and I just came home and I was been trying to teach myself fusion and nuke a little more. So I, I just, I kind of dive in and I just harp on something until I feel very comfortable with it. So even if I were to do that in school, I feel like school would eat up my time from actually being in the tool. Uh, there's plenty of books. I, f- I find books and tutorials and stuff like that far more helpful than schooling. For me, I, I was never a school person. I actually did really bad in school. So, dude, me too. <laughs>
0: yeah. What's <laughs> the quote, education without application is just entertainment. And I think it's so true. It's, if you can just story. learn. Yeah. Head, if you just can, you know, learn from your, your projects, like if you want to learn something, just create a, a project and then you can learn from, from those things. Now let's trans- transition to a dark moment in your life. This is my favorite huh. question. I always ask this mm-hmm. question. I always get great responses on the pressure.
1: <laughs> now, yeah, I, want, right. I want you to
0: tell us a, the story of your worst moment
1: in your creative journey. In the creative journey, well, you know, any well in mm.
0: your life journey, something that affected you so much the way it affected your creative journey. So it doesn't have to be, you know, just dealing with clients or projects. Mm.
1: Uh, well, I Putting on spot a spot here, of those. yeah. I have, a, I, I like which one? <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> I'll try to do two. Well, first, I'll just mention that there's that whole one that you can see online and everything that that's not creative. That was just a popular dark one which is the whole beard thing you'd have to right look that up online to hear that Where we can mention it later but as far as creative goes i think it was when i was on cape cod and i was doing that home theater thing and i, was, I think i was making like 80k a year and it was like really good job and I, they had my truck paid for and everything i was like super oh and i lived on like my friend's father i was living in this place it was like a easily a million dollar home and like Everything nice. was sweet. I had a t- like a two car garage that was basically only used by me. Everything was sweet. So that was th- the weird part was that was the darkest moment when I had everything, but it was more of a circumstantial thing. Like I didn't actually earn anything. I didn't have, um, it wasn't a decided result. So how I ended up there was kind of a flip of a coin. Like, I don't know how I did it. I was just lucky. And then uh, it was, I was depressed. It's like, I have uh, issues with just having depression in the past. So I was like, oh, this is totally weird. What's going on? I'm, I am should be happy. And then I wasn't. And uh, one of my favorite phrases or th- uh, things I used to coinalize is uh, the term golden handcuffs. Like, They strap you in, they're beautiful and they're worth a lot, but they can really hold you back from everything that you really want to do. So breaking those off theoretically to pursue something that would make me happy and forget money, comfort or anything like that, just pursuing things that gave me joy in my life and all that, that was the first turn. And uh, that was when I had to quit the job and get really scared and literally like my neighbors gave me food sometimes and like wow. I, my my net, my money was going down and it was wild and then i i was in school so i was it was just all fear uh but i was at home studying after effects and reading and trying to work like some crappy job and so on uh so yeah it was that was the biggest turn that was the most landmark thing and then you know i think five years later, I finally got something without ever giving up. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. So.
0: No, it's interesting. You say that, you know, fear held you back from, from greatness. And, you know, I I worked a job for five years that took away my, my peace and the same thing. It's those golden handcuffs that you're talking about. It's because I was there for, for the wrong reasons. You were there for, I was there for benefits and, you know, all the things, but, in my heart, I didn't have peace about it. And it's the same thing, I had to qu- quit it cold turkey. I already had a child. We were married and had bills. And you know, and mm-hmm. I had to quit it cold turkey and then finally stepped into what I felt like I should have been doing. And let me tell you, that's when we learn the most. When our back is against the wall, man, psh, that's when growth happens, man. When, when you step out of that comfort zone, man. Yeah,
1: like when you ask me questions like this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, putting you on the spot here.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> I was reading on beardbrand.com, which by the way, man, pretty sweet. Your, I saw your video on there as well, which got like almost 100,000 views. And looks like you're yeah, a freaking fighter too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I make a, a bit of videos for them. Not as much lately because this past year has been super busy. But yeah, there's lots of internet things I try to do. Just in general, being creative is just, I just love doing
0: mm. that. I, no, I and stop. it's clearly working out for you. Now, something that, that was in the blog that I read, it was, let me read it real quick. It says emotional devastation and loss made Jeff strive for more out of life. Now I want to circle back to that emotional devastation. What what was that all about?
1: Uh, <laughs> um, so that was like, I'll try to sum it up. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, well, this was shortly, uh, maybe like a year or two after I got to New York and I was only making like a hundred dollars a day or something. And I wasn't working that often. This was just trying to do After Effects stuff. And I was doing like uh, I was a runner at like CBS Sports and they paid all right. But it, the job was only on a Saturday. So it was like I got like very little money and uh, that was a super seasonal thing. So That was actually the thing that was kind of paying some of my rent. So when my girlfriend and I, she broke up with me and I just don't deal with loss that well. So I was like, it messed me up like crazy. And then the season of the workload kind of came to an end. so I was just sitting at home watching Netflix all day, just like devastated, had nothing really to do, nothing to like look forward to. It's just like nothing was working out. It was just, I got somewhere and then it crashed again. How did you get uh, out of that? So honestly, that was when the the beard story came about is uh, I... Just stopped shaving. I was actually, it was a disheveled like happenstance of just growing a beard. And then I I posted it on Reddit really quick, like a picture. I was like, hey guys, what should I do? Should I do a mustache, sideburns? I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about this stuff. And Reddit's like, oh my God, that's such great growth, blah, 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 blah. Grow it, grow it. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. And then I grow it and uh uh they I post another and I was like, Hey, thanks guys, this is really working out because then I started getting lots of attention, new women and stuff, and uh uh they're like, holy crap. And it blew up. And then I grew out even more, got more attention, so on. And that's when all the like BuzzFeed and Maxim and everybody started reaching out. And I was just like, oh, this is weird. So, yeah, that kind of it was kind of the, the, the subtext to that is I started embracing who I truly was. And that was when I actually got the rewards. It was less of like trying to fit in and things like that, which I feel like is one of the reasons that my girlfriend and I didn't get along or we broke up was because of, I uh, felt pressures to be a certain way and so on, like blah blah, 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 super deep, all that. But um, that's kind of the, the, the short version, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't know. How to, no, I that's, talk that's
0: really. what I love. I love going deep with, uh, with people I talk to, but you know, it's interesting you, You know, you're saying how if you act like somebody you're not over the time, like it's going to affect your life. But it's interesting when I do some public speaking for an organization that helped me when I was a child. And so for I started two years ago, just doing just speaking at different churches and events and things. And it's interesting for the first year, you know, when you're it's kind of like I was a kicker. Uh, I was trying to be a kicker for a long time, try to walk on Mm. in college. And when you're like 50 yards away, you know the form. Well, like when you're really close, you concentrate on your form, you kick it really well. But when you're 50 yards away and you're trying to hit that field goal, you always kill it really hard, and you don't concentrate because you you get intimidated by how far away it is, and you just totally destroy that kick and usually go super low and not as accurate. Well, and same thing with speaking, right? When I started speaking, it's first year, it was basically me trying to act like not me. I was trying to be like some speaker on stage, and but what I learned for this journey that. The quicker you get to being you, the more effective you will be as a speaker, as an artist, as a person. So the quicker you get that fake person out of the way, the quicker you become comfortable with who you are. Because sometimes I watch tutorials on YouTube and some of these tutorials, people act like they're PewDiePies and just totally just personalities mm-hmm. that everybody knows, you know what I mean? But the quicker, yeah, totally. you, the quicker you can become you, the more effective you, you become. And that's that's the lesson I just learned like yesterday. And I don't know if I'm communicating correctly, but dude, but that's... That's kind of yeah. what, I, what I got out of that. That
1: That's actually something I think quite a bit about. So one of my things currently is YouTube. And <clears throat> I don't really know what I'm doing on YouTube. I just, uh, as a creative person, I just need to create. And I got kind of got sick of static images. And I love After Effects and video, but I want to implement it into my own work instead of helping others create their work. So I'm trying to practice more in my stuff, and I was like, "Oh, YouTube's fun. Let's do this." And um, of course, you start if if you're going to do YouTube and be in front of the camera, not like make YouTube tutorials, which is not. Anyways, uh, like you're bound to start copying what you see or right. like be influenced. So you know, I'm gonna have a video that looks like a like a Casey Neistat video, right, or right. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, guilty of that. I, yeah, and it's, oh, do you have a YouTube too?
0: Well, I've, I've done some of the vlogs and stuff, but I love Casey Neistat. And so like-
1: He's so talented, I did the same yeah. thing,
0: you know? So I'm like, wow, I'm, but that's how you start out. At first you start copying people, but then after a yeah. while you should transition to, but anyway, continue.
1: Totally. So as I was saying, it's like you end up copying and there's, I don't see anything wrong with copying. I kind of was getting mad at myself and I was like, oh no, it's okay. As long as I'm not copying forever as like a thing. It's like, I I, I make a deliberate thing to like put myself in somebody's shoes to learn instead of to copy and run with that. So with YouTube, there are so many influences like that and so many ways you can express the people that you're influenced by. And I'm constantly jumping on other people's shoes and trying out their thing. And, uh, you know, some things just really don't work. And what I've realized is that the more I kind of just let go and I get inspired by people that like that's the same thing. The result is better. People respond. But when I try really hard, it helps me grow, but people don't like it. It's because kind of like this weird thing with just not truly being yourself. But I do feel like it's necessary to try to do things like other people, because if you just keep doing the same things yourself, then you kind of get stuck so i like to switch it up and just try something different and just kind of go nuts and then realize that that's not a permanent thing and i really learn a lot from trying something like uh, i made a after effects tutorial and i've tried to put like bumpers and transitions like your brother does And I was like, oh, my God, this is so much work. Like, I cannot do this. There's (laughs) no way. And like having like the like the little little window showing me and like my camera battery would overheat because I'd take forever on 10,000 takes. It's (laughs) like there's no way this is sustainable. I learned a lot, but no way I'm doing this again. Like, but now if I were to do a tutorial again, I'd be like, "All right, cool. I'm not doing a camera. I'm not doing bumpers. It's going to go straight to the point. So on. And then that would be truly me and like it really would fit. So. You know, a lot
0: of times it's, it's dangerous to to be you. A lot of times it's easier to hide behind somebody else's personality because, you know, it works. It's It's been proven to work. But when you try to be transparent and authentic in you, it's, it's hard because when you open up your heart, uh, you know, and people don't receive, right, you take it very personal. So there's a lot of... Uh, you know, you have to be very vulnerable to it, It's It's not for everybody. Definitely. Like I'm learning that oh, it's, totally. it's very hard to open up. And it's very hard to speak your mind and putting yourself out there because when you put yourself out there, then all these negative comments you have to deal with, you know, English is my yeah. fourth language. So I'm, a, I'm waiting mm-hmm. for those comments to, to come in and say something. But
1: <laughs> so all these They're different inevitable. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually want to tap into the comments because in my world, I get a lot of comments, especially from the internet and You know, surprisingly, I have a very positive fan base and or followers, whatever. However, there was something that had to happen when my initial, like, internet boom thing happened. There was a lot of comments, and they were positive, and I felt really, really weird about them. And at first, I was like, oh, this is so good. This feels really good. My ego was like, like, just, I was on cloud nine. Everything was great. And then there was a couple ones like, well, what a jerk, like, this asshole, (laughs) so on. What's the... anyways anyways so the they started coming in like here's some negative ones the more positive then there's more negatives more and more and there was a percentage and that percentage grows with your growth of numbers actual so I was like oh I gotta re- I gotta assess this so I sat down and I just kind of like really thought about it and I realized the best way for me to deal with the negative, was to actually just not care at all about any of the comments. So not care about the positive or the negative. Uh, That way, I could be objective and realize, just take things for face value. So if I see a negative comment, I can easily be like, oh, well, actually, they have a point here. Maybe I should have done this better. Or, oh, okay, that person's just hating. They're actually projecting their own weird insecurities. Same with somebody being like, Oh my God, like you're so awesome. Like, okay, you actually, you're just trying to get my attention. And then this person being like, Hey, thanks for, for this or great work. I really like that. Or Hey, any advice for this? Like these are legitimate comments versus like somebody just trying to get attention, you can really start to see things and having that it's in a sense, it's a barrier, but I feel like it's a really healthy one. I, I, and I actually got that idea from like listening to like celebrities deal with people. And they all seem to say the same thing like you kind of that's why they're like very standoffish and they like have their home on the hills like it's important to to keep a separation I feel I mean if their publicists are saying this is a good idea then I I was like oh let me see how that works and I dove into it so now if I get hate I just I seriously just don't care it's really (laughs) weird I'll notice it but I just don't care anymore it's weird. You know, it's, it's interesting.
0: Sergey. the way I am shared this before, but the way he deals with haters, and we don't we don't get that much, but when every once in a while we do, because you know, Ukraine has the word Ukraine for Ukraine, and some people are like, Well, I'm Russian and you know the whole Russian <laughs> thing going on. So they're like, just because you have Eucra media, I'm gonna unsubscribe and this and that. And so it's, what Sergey hmm. usually does he likes the comment and then subscribes to their channel. <laughs> That's
1: how he deals <laughs> with <it. laughs> Yeah. My favorite uh one, it's like it's it's like uh, it's so cheesy, but I, every time somebody says something wicked like that, I just really don't like. I'm just like, I'll just respond with I love you too, or I love you <laughs> just <laughs> because anybody who sees that thread, somebody being a total ass and being like, oh, well, I'm sorry you think that. Love you. Like they're, they're just the asshole. there. like,
0: you can't fight love I and love win, it. right? Yeah, so exactly. Like, even
1: if they keep going, I'll just give it love you. Love you. Cause honestly, like that's, I, I mean, I'm just trying to help. I do love people. So right, it's right. totally, so, uh, so what's the word? Sincere.
0: Sincere. Yeah. And you know, everyone has their, some people, maybe they didn't mean anything by it, but it's just they don't have a good way of communicating. Some people are just too direct. You know they'll just yeah. say things, and really what they meant that way. But sometimes things don't come across very well in writing. But I think what you were, you know, what I got out of talking to you about this is that just don't attach your identity on feedback. Just don't be because sometimes if you get attached to just a positive feedback all the time, and then all of a sudden you get negative feedback, it will destroy you completely. You know, yeah, Yo, absolutely. Go ahead.
1: Oh, uh, I was going to say, uh, you you said the word identity, and that's something I think about a lot too. As as a creative, because, you know, like, let's say I did do something that was like Casey Neistat and people loved it, which people do love vlogs versus something that's like a little more artistic. It's just going to get the views. So, like, it could take a weaker person who really doesn't have a good sense of self to be like, oh, well, that's what's good. I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep doing it, even though it's empty feeling like it's actually not them for me, I I really feel as a creative, that's, that's poison. Like you have to just keep doing what you love and making that Casey Neistat video is like an appreciation to learn and whatever, but like, I'll just do whatever I feel like doing. And that makes me happy. Uh, That's what I identify with is like that, that being a creative, not being a person who does this or looks this way or anything. And in fact, uh, the beer thing, that was a, a big thing that, people like identified me as this bearded person. so I was like, you know, I really can't, I uh, it's like becoming too much. So I had to shave it off to prove to myself that you that did? wasn't even close to my identity. Yeah. When? Yeah. I mean, I, br- I grew it back. I shaved it off for like three years or three, three summers, but I did leave a mustache just cause I liked the idea of like having like this cop mustache. I was like more of a Western, like tomb tombstone. I don't know if you know that movie, but like, I was just like, this is something totally different. Most people hate it and I don't care because I want to do it. And that was like, great. It just sent sent another trend as well too. And it like pushed, I kept doing it. And like, I feel like I did my little part to make mustaches kind of all right again, because (laughs) being in the, with the beer brand as like a part of that, it, it helps the people that see it kind of open up their eyes and just make somebody else feel comfortable to do a mustache, so on, whatever. But it's the whole point is that just back to embracing and not identifying with one thing, like...
0: No, that's interesting you say that. And it's, that's interesting, really, if you think about something you were associated with for such a long time and totally given that up. And then to prove yourself that, look, this is not my identity. You know, something similar happened to me, you know, when I was working out to be a kicker and I became, you know, I was like 6% body fat was 210, 62, you know, and that became my identity. (laughs) I was like the, and then, you know, I had to stop working out completely go like become a vegetarian because like my joints were hurting so bad and I just wanted to give my body yeah. cause I was eating like eight meals a day or something crazy like that. And yeah. so, but that became my identity so much to where I couldn't look myself in the mirror and I felt so depressed cause like that was my standard had like the six pack and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm not that guy anymore. And dude, that was the hardest thing I had to deal in life, in life, like in early, especially like early adulthood, you know, when you're still trying to figure out who you are, find your yourself. And it's amazing was, what you totally. attach yourself to man could be a poison at the end, you know, or looks look, That's some, a cr- go ahead
1: that's a crazy one to to think of because yours is i mean i feel like visual ones are the hardest to let go of right uh, because you see it every single day like a mental thing like i i can be in a good mood like five minutes from now and then be in a bad mood 10 so i feel like internal things are a little bit more fleeting and easier to accept like uh like my things uh but when it's physical i feel like it's uh it's definitely a the biggest like impact right like like if you change completely how you look, people respond so visually. Like they don't know what you do for Absolutely. work or if you're being creative or not, but they'll treat you different if you're in shape totally.
0: Right. But can you imagine like supermodels when they retire or they give birth, you know, and just all of a sudden yeah, their they the same? All,
1: yeah. Like um, so many female supermodels get super depressed and sometimes get really weird suicide sure. the, yeah exactly so yeah i yeah. mean the
0: moral of the story don't attach yourself to anything that will, at the end can turn on you you know it's things that change quickly so interesting yeah
1: totally you're never really uh i just don't like to identify with anything forever right. like that's the whole thing i actually would be so pissed if i still looked like i did when i was 21 like i i was in great shape then but i don't i don't want to look like i want to look like how i look now and if i get a good body again like i want to earn that like that's harder when you're when you're older and your metabolism is like that's just exciting so everything is like i also wouldn't want to dress the same or be doing the same work or being partying the same like it's good to change. Like change is super exciting. Dude, my
0: Um, my whole life is nothing but change. I moved to this country at 12 years old, didn't speak the language. I mean, I'm once an immigrant, always an immigrant. Moved to Columbus, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Now I'm here.
1: You know, but that's like, that's the one, the greatest quality. Like not many people get to have that. Like there's a sense of confidence that you will always carry through uh, with you because of that. Like in a similar situation as somebody like growing up in like ghetto who has like a, Had to work themselves out of that place. Like they're always going to have a work ethics that's like, oh, I don't care how tired or how painful this is. I'm going to do it because that's I'm a hard I'm hard, you know, versus somebody who's just a trust fund person who may be like, oh, well, not today. I don't feel like it. I'm soft. This is slick. This is fine. And you
0: learn all these micro skills along the way too as you break out of the, you know, for example, like to learn English, I had to become a waiter. You know, I thought that was the best thing to do for me. You know, where you're forced Mm -hmm. to get out of your comfort zone and learn, you know, speak to people, then moving around. So all these micro skills, then years later, you can apply it to your career. So you carry, all those skills carry over eventually. And I always, I think Casey Neistat said this. He said, uh, he said his favorite quote, or he said something about, don't spoil your kids with things, but spoil your kids with experiences. And I think that's that's it right there. I've I've met people when I lived in Tennessee in a small town, Kingsport, Tennessee, small town. That some people in all their lives had never been past that town. Like they think Knoxville, Tennessee, is like a New York City kind of city. You know, they think it's huge. Mm-hmm. And what a perspective you have on the world when you lived in the bubble and you don't know what's outside. You know, and that's dangerous.
1: Yeah, yeah totally. Actually, I've been I put myself in a bubble lately and i'm just actually trying really hard to get out of it um like that you said the things and stuff so i i do a lot of minimalism stuff uh but lately there's one part of my life or not lately there is one part of my life that i don't practice minimalism with is gear and like computer stuff and shit like that same here (laughs) uh i just love it i really do and i don't find that that's a bad thing if you love something like Mm -hmm. it's it's not excessive. It helps your career, really love you know? and exactly so that there's these things. But lately, I've realized that I feel like I could I could love something else more, and I think that would be traveling right now. So I'm in the process of selling my computers. I've been researching a new like power laptop so that I can actually have a larger return of interest in my life. So, like, let's say, yeah, I could. Take a picture of somebody like a model or something here in New York and edit it on my power computer really fast and my double monitors and grade it and all this stuff. And that's that would be a wonderful experience. I'd love every second of that. And that's what I do. But it might be easier to I could actually take my cell phone in the Grand Canyon, take a picture and get the same reward. Be like, wow, this is something that actually makes me feel a certain way, just like that picture. And it would just be far less gear. It's just more of the actual subject matter, which is actually funny because it's counterintuitive because the thing I was saying in the beginning about post-production being everything, hmm. I feel like after a point, post-production is like a, it. This it's, it's kind of weird how where I'm thinking, but it means nothing and it's everything. It's really weird. So for instance- <laughs> No, I know what you mean. Uh, like, uh, I'll I'll just clara- clarify that for anybody who may not know what I mean there is I can take a like I see somebody take a photo and let's say they did post production on it. That doesn't mean it's better because they did because they could have crushed the blacks too much. They could have had the skin all saturated and that made it bad. And then there's somebody who takes a great photo and does no post production. You're like, oh, it's just falling flat like uh, so these two ends of the coin. But the post-production on something that's quality can go so much further and can be so much more appreciated, kind of like cooking with good ingredients. And post-production is the cooking of these. Uh, But if you keep putting in junk, it's never really going to get greater. So having a lot more focus right now on these experiences and making better material to sweeten and cook with, makes the cooking more enjoyable and everything like that i don't know why i always do analogies to cooking (laughs) i'm the worst cook too we can all relate to (laughs) cooking yeah exactly but that's how i think about it and um it's it's an interesting thing I've been
0: thinking no, about. No, but it that. is true. And a lot of times people constr- sometimes I watch videos on YouTube, like the vlogs, and their videos are like crisp and perfect and great. But they're they didn't work on their personality, they didn't work on their storytelling. And a lot of times people skip that and they think that if only I had a better camera equipment, if only I had better computer, better lighting, better this, then I would be legit, you know? But I think that you're better off starting with you know, investing more time in becoming a better storyteller, figure out how your voice sounds, yeah. finding your voice, all that other stuff is like you're saying, better ingredients. It just, it enhances your storytelling. Like I think Casey it says a lot, like it just makes you, it, it helps me tell my story better. But if you don't have that story, you know, I watched a lot, you know, how many times you watch awesome movies that have so many Amazing things in them, like all the graphics and everything, but there's no story. I would much rather watch an old movie that has so much story and just basic shots, but the story is so strong. And the same thing goes yeah, to our, totally. crea- cre- you know, anything creative. Yeah, you
1: know? absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. It's it's I, I I'm obsessed with that whole idea of creating as a whole instead of harping down. Now, don't get me wrong, like. I love post-production. Like, mm-hmm. I, It makes me, me so excited to comp. And even if I just do a screen comp, I'm like, yes, that's so tight. <laughs> but like, <laughs> man, uh, yeah, like Casey Neistat and storytelling. I, oh, what I was thinking, that's what I was. Uh, what I dropped is a lot of times on YouTube, I see style over substance. And I'm kind of happy that that's there because then my competition's a little lower. <laughs> uh, or at least I can spread the idea of like, Okay, that's all right, but I really, really don't care. I subscribe to only a few channels on YouTube because I don't like half of the stuff that's on there uh, because I don't see any reason to waste my time. I could just be practicing, like, compositing. What whatever. channels
0: are they? Sorry to distract you. What do you think? Uh,
1: you know, I'll go through, I'll go through some... Let me, let me actually open up my browser, but I'll go through different phases. Sometimes it'll be self-help stuff. Sometimes it will be gear and camera stuff. Uh, It kind of depends. Right now I'm on a tech kick, like, because I'm shopping for a laptop. So it's very functional. If I feel like I got super into, like, clothing, I'll start doing, like, men's stuff. It kind of goes through phase. but I like DSLR Shooter for, like, gear stuff. Self-help stuff is, like, I don't know, like, Anna Akana or... uh, I'll, I'll also, like like art of photography, Alan McKay, Peter McKinn, uh
0: Euchromedia.com.
1: <laughs> I uh, actually that's I've uh, whittled down my After Effects and post production channels and Euchromedia is the one that I tell everyone yes. about. Like yes. Like it's it's the one I share. Like I know how important it is I to, and it. how difficult it is to to actually make something that people would share it's it's like i'll share a trailer of a cool movie with my brother or a euchre media video like it's crazy like that's all i share A appreciate it's bananas i didn't pay yeah. i'll pay
0: you in rubles afterwards no, good. <laughs> for, Oh, awesome for, yeah
1: no but i'm seriously like i tell so many people because i mean i work with after effects artists every single day like that's that's another thing i've noticed with youtube which is the reason I don't subscribe to a lot of channels is they're actually truly not workers in something. They're not professionals. They might do it on the side, but they're actually not artists in that genre every day. And there's a lot to be said about the experience of actually working in it as like committing, like this is my job, this is what I'm gonna do. There's nuances in there that you just can't teach. And, uh yeah euchre media has those and it's crazy serious not not to just fan Dude, you but appreciate like, it yeah
0: uh, Sergey will be listening to this and he's, he's he needs <laughs> to hear it you know we're our worst critics yeah. you know sometimes we forget that a lot of times we're so much so concerned about that next thing you know, you as a creator, I'm sure you're always concerned about, you know, keeping your finger on the pulse, so to speak, trying to think of that next thing that you forget of the things that already been accomplished, you know, the, the progress that you've made. I mean, just looking at your stuff, you have a YouTube channel that's almost like has 30,000 subscribers. Your Instagram account is pretty popular. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you have a profile on famousbirthdays.com. I don't even know if you know this.
1: <laughs> I did not yeah. know that.
0: <laughs> you're you're a, you're a celebrity, man. You're a big deal. People know you. People know that,
1: that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. That's and
0: true. it's interesting how you're a motion graphic artist, but at the same time, you have this other thing that is creative as well, but it has to do with beards and and, and dude, you're you're like a, a model on, on social media. I was just like, wow, you're a social media sensation, you know? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, man.
1: it's strange. So so that was just like I what I love about being on this podcast is is because it's like a finally like a creative thing. And that's something I want to pursue in the future as a podcast for creatives. And I'm trying to whittle down a niche to make it more exciting. But with your podcast, is like it doesn't matter. Like you guys can appreciate the fact that it just because I may take pictures or be in pictures it's about the creative journey and it's not about just After Effects, although that will turn people right. on to your channel. I think that what really is uh, exciting about After Effects and post-production and everything is that creative side. And like the way that creatives that I feel like use After Effects and uh, post-production or filmmaking, there's a certain mindset of like very self-driven And very uh, like partially logical, but super artistic. Like all of this creative mixture of how do I make this vision come true into reality requires a certain mindset that I just get super excited about. So I get wicked into all of that. And yeah, I'll practice with shooting people, getting shot myself, doing YouTube, doing like stuff at work. And it's just crazy. It's funny though, because this thing that pays me the most, the After Effects, Hmm. I actually have very little online about it. And in fact, my reel is, I think, four years old. I have to really update that, but whatever.
0: No, but it's interesting that, you know, a lot of times people do the same thing over and over and over and over again, and they lose that creativity. And I think you doing all these other things on the side, I think it enhances your creativity big time. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. So actually a great example of that is... Uh, I was doing the After Effects. I'm just thinking about moving layers and expressions. And what does this text look like? Oh, how does this font work with this font? What weight? So on. And then I started getting into the whole modeling stuff. And then I was like, Oh, cameras. Oh, I've had a camera before. Let me try to use this. (laughs) And I started learning a little bit more about still photography. And then I start wondering about how to shoot other people. And I hang out with people that I don't know and work with people like making them comfortable. And then that, eventually came to color grading i got super obsessed with color grading and then i started learning and practicing color grading like being a colorist and i uh, have had a couple colorist jobs for for video and uh just because i went this whole roundabout i landed in this area of obsession with color and i feel like i've really figured out like if you looked at all my photos like i color most they're great they're awesome and like I found a style that I really love. And if you look way back, they're really bad. And uh, now, like, it's it's helped me. And color jobs are wonderful. They're just so cool. But I wouldn't have gotten there if, if, uh, if I didn't go this roundabout thing. And if I just stayed in After Effects, I would have just been stuck with, like, Magic Bullet looks, which is awesome. But it's nice to be able to build that from scratch and know everything that I want to do. You know,
0: I think creatives can't help, but to create and doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be one field. I think, you know, I'm sure if, if soon you'll transition, if you're not uh, transitioning to writing, I'm sure that's something. Cause I, I can see you that's, being that guy who does. That's
1: actually totally. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, that's my, my, that's my weakest thing right now. So because of the YouTube, that's actually putting that pressure on me to make more of a story, which we talked about earlier. And that's just where I'm just, I just don't know what I'm doing. And so that's my current story right now is like, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, that is my story. Man, don't we I, all, right? I don't know how to, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's my, that's what I'm working on is story. Uh,
0: no. And that's so, what I like about your last we'll video, your update video on YouTube. I love how you were so transparent and so authentic. And then even you had like a little clip where you said, look, don't hold me to these things. You know, I'm still trying to figure things out. I'm still trying to yeah. figure out where it's all gonna be. That, and that's <laughs> all you can do, yeah.
1: That was when I was editing, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this is totally Coming off the wrong way, <laughs> so, came back. But yeah. Well, look,
0: I'm looking at the time. It's like, man, we're 46 minutes in, and, and you know, actually, I'm getting a lot of emails from people saying that I wish you made these podcasts longer. That's why I'm not very concerned about timing oh, too much, because cool. people are like, man, I, I just yeah. like, I work in an office where nobody talks, and I put my headphones on, and a lot of these people, they're graphic designers, video videography. Most of the people that listen to our motion graphics people, but. I'd say like 40% are not motion graphics people. So that's kind of cool that oh, other crazy. creatives listening awesome. to these people. Yeah. And I was surprised. I was like, well, wow, good. that's cool.
1: That's really awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I, I never really would have thought that, but I do, I do feel like it's for creatives as I was saying. Um, Cause the
0: journey is the same, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I can sympathize too. Like I put on my headphones and I'm just hunkering down into the computer screen all day. And it's, Weird, and I get like sores on my ears. It's crazy. Like, you to I that. seriously have headphones on all the time, so
0: yeah. Well, let's transition into something more positive. I don't know I asked you earlier about what's your worst moment, <laughs> the darkest moment, but let's transition to your best moment, best project that you worked on as a creative. Oof, Staying uh, strong there.
1: There's been a lot of them. There's been, I've been really lucky to work on some really cool things. It would, this would be a lot of, like, name-dropping stuff. Oh, go for it, man. Moments. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right, I'll, I'll try to work backwards so I can keep my mind straight. I just kind of was helping my friend work with Christina Aguilera nice. on her newest thing, which I don't know if I can say more than that. That's exciting. Sweet. And then before that, I actually helped the same person. He uh, We designed uh, Kid Cuddy's World Tour sweet, and that whole thing. And that was really cool and like meeting him and or, like being around, it's like super weird. <laughs> so music stuff is super awesome. Before that, one of the coolest things, there's this uh, diary release for Rihanna that was really, really awesome. Wow. And the art director on that is just like super inspiring, dude. And I work with so many great people like uh it's hard to honestly working with great people is the most inspiring and the most positive, but oh, let's see before that uh let's see uh, the lip sync battle t v show i was uh I took over the design for that and animated that with a friend of mine, and uh that was super awesome to see that all all over the place and seeing the wow, live we've done quite a bit intro, already in the opening so yeah, so the thing with New York and like bigger cities is you get to have these things put on your plate you otherwise wouldn't necessarily have gotten to and it's super exciting and and can be misleading because you're like that is new york like there's lots of great jobs like i'm doing but this the competition is high right now but yes that's true but i mean if i lived in the middle of like i don't know if i was living back on cape cod i wouldn't have gotten any of these jobs no matter how good i right. was so location is important and uh i do try to realize that it doesn't mean i am that awesome i still have a lot to learn but yeah i I've been really lucky to work with a lot of great people, um, and on these cool jobs. But after a while, honestly, the job and, uh, brands and stuff like that don't matter. Honestly, it, I like to work for really just jobs that excite me in certain ways or some, some animation that I get some creative freedom, at least a little bit is nice. Not too much freedom. Cause then you have to do too many revisions. So but. true. So true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's a lot, been a lot of sh- stuff, but I don't know.
0: No, that's great. You're a busy guy, like I said earlier. Now let's let's finish strong, man. What is your best advice you've ever received in this industry or just life in general?
1: Um, received, I don't know, but I can tell. I'll go back to what I said in the beginning. Being a good person mm. is the best. Keep it re- simple. Advice yeah. I can say. Yeah, really, you know, everything else is extra. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like if you're a good dude and you know, you're really not like too meek about like yourself as far as like being, Oh, excuse me. I just wanted to reach out and see if you had any work for, you know, like that kind of attitude is not cool. Like you can be confident and be a nice person be like, Hey, listen, I'm um, seeing if you guys are available or just being straight up. Just like, Hey, how's it going? I really love your work. Like for instance, actually being on this podcast was started because I actually just reached out. That's I true. no, I, I seriously was just like, Hey guys, I just appreciate you. I wanted to tell you I that. Remember that, you know, just straight up, just like, I wasn't looking for anything. I just was like, I really like you guys. I'm a fan. <laughs> and that's how, like now I'm on this, this podcast, which I'm super like, still nervous. <laughs> and excited Dude, about. You're so, nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah.
0: You're the, you're the celebrity guy with the profile that, of celebrities.
1: Yeah. But that, that really is a perfect example. Like I uh, seriously, just being a, a good person is far more important than uh, everything. As far as, a career goes and advice for anything, because it really will apply to the rest of your life.
0: You know, I, I'm going to plug this something in real quick. Uh, you know, I, recently I, I used a service. I'm not going to say what service it is, because I, I don't want to put the guy on the spot. But anyway, so I, w- I just sent 18 ideas how to improve his service. And there were like well thought out ideas. I was on the plane once. I was like, you know, I was thinking about actually starting a Company just to compete with a guy. And I was like, you know, I, I don't want to start another company. And so I just like yeah. I want to be a good person and just like you were saying, good person. I just want to like send them with no strings attached. I'm not trying to get anything. Just I sent him 18 amazing ideas how he can improve this service. The CEO responded to me and he's just like, Wow, these are amazing things. Thank you so much. Like, what are your rates? I'm like, Oh, I don't want anything from you. I'm just, oh, and by the way, here's five more. He's like, Oh my gosh. And then yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh, by the way, here's a Photoshop file of I had some time I redesigned your dash. Completely, and I think this yep. here's a dark theme of it. And this, he's like, "Who are you? Like, can I hire you?" And I'm like, yeah, "No, yeah. I'm just just being kind." He's like, "Wow, well, if you ever need yeah. if you ever need any kind of favor, dude, just let me know. I'll be more than happy to help you with anything." I was like, "Yeah, do, people, being a good person." People
1: like to work with people they like. Honestly, in the end, I mean, somebody's gonna if two plumbers, one's your friend and maybe a little bit not as good, like they're gonna hire the friend, it's true, 100. Like, so I mean. Just being like, like you said, that's a great example. Like if he ever wanted somebody to redesign thing, he's going to think of you like that's, and it's, it's, it's important too, that I'm not saying that as like a manipulative tactic, like just seriously be a good person, not to do it for an outcome.
0: But yeah. no, that was, that was well said. Now what's, uh, what's coming up for you, man?
1: Uh, future endeavors is I'm, uh, it's hard to say, but I would really love to do YouTube as a career and, do more things, experiment with traveling a little more and, or at least uh, expanding what I could possibly do with self-promoted videos. It's really hard. But if you think about any kind of YouTube, say, uh, Euchre Media's YouTube, like there's going to be a point where he may, or you guys may not like how you're doing something. And then you have to be creative with some other thing. And like, maybe like VR and YouTube might take right. over. You'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. you know what? What if we did a like a VR like YouTube if the resolution was high enough? And you could like look to the right and see the screen, and look to the left and see Sergey. Like, <laughs> oh, it could be this <laughs> world, cool. and it'd be like hovering over his shoulder. Like, and then you start pursuing like like these things. So I really want to see what I'm gonna come up with and just test myself creatively and make better stories and test new things. I want to just see where that goes. I don't know. I well, we're going to keep
0: around. an eye on you, man. I have a feeling your future is, Thanks. I mean, you already kind of made it, but I'm curious to see where you're going to take this. Now in closing, man, let's uh, tell tell people how they can get in touch with you.
1: Um, I think, uh, I guess you could just do my website, which is bonco.com. B-U-U-O-N-C-O. And uh, all my social links would be in there at least. Uh, Just one link is easy. And uh, I have to mention that my reel on there is four years old. It's super It's still good. Uh, It's still good though. uh, eh, uh, So I need to update it. I think that reel is important. And um, I really get my work from networking though. And just people, uh, again, it goes back to that thing. It's like, You know, work is secondary a lot of times. Yeah, it's it's really you're going to lose a lot of work if you don't have a good reel like myself. Like, but like, I mean, like, did I say that correctly? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I've messed up that line. But basically, no. If you're, it's important to have a reel, but. No, no but you're right. If, totally, if you're real. I totally fell no, apart.
0: No, it was great. No, but I, just, I get what you're saying. Like if your reel is not up to date, your reel is your first impression for the companies, you know? And I also add to yeah, that, totally. and it looks like you're busy because it's all by who you know, and who knows you. And it seems like you're not relying on your reel as much as you're relying on people, you know? So that too is powerful. Oh,
1: totally. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like I work so much. I cannot get free time. Like and I'm working long hours and uh they're, they're just, the just the demand is insane, like it's unbelievable. And it's funny because I have a huge imposter syndrome. But I, I'm always working. I'm working on weekends. I'm constantly getting hit up for work. Like People want me to work for them. And that's super nice on my ego, although I don't believe any of it. I'm still like, oh, I'm really bad at my job. <laughs> but because of that, I don't update my reel because I'm like, oh, this isn't that good. I'm um, too busy. I, I have to sleep, actually. Whatever. It is but interesting that most creative, crazy.
0: talented, creative people I know say the same thing. Like Sergey struggles with that, too. He's like, he doesn't think he's good at anything but you know, it's obviously not true. Right. But it just shows that you're a humble person and you're well aware that there's always a next level and man, that's awesome. That's Mm -hmm. a good attitude to have. And with that, man, we're going to end. So thank you so much again for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeffrey bon Cristiano. Make sure to visit Jeff's website, B-U-O-N-C-O.com. Again, it's B-U-O-N-C-O.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at thirty nine. And while you're there, check out our course on After Effects Expressions. We have well over six hours of content, all for you. For more information, go to expressions. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukremediacom slash community. We have well over 2,300 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Euchremedia podcast. Bye-bye.